0: Spirit Radio Podcasts.
1: Your last week, Steve had the chance during the week to talk to a very courageous woman from England who was in Ireland to speak at a conference on the topic of abortion after rape. And Steve's in studio now to tell us more. Steve, you're very welcome. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, and it was a busy week last week, and uh, but I did have the chance to talk to Louise, as, as you mentioned. She was a, a lady who was raped. She was raped at the the age of eighteen. Now, understand, Louise isn't her real name, and when you hear the interview, you'll understand why she would want to maintain some level of of privacy for herself. I was very moved to hear her story and I think it gave a really valuable insight into the mental and emotional state of a young woman who's experienced this agonising trauma of rape. It's quite a long interview, but it's well worth listening to. And um, here's what she had to say.
0: Well, I live in the UK in South Yorkshire and I was raped when I was 18 and um, became pregnant. And um, in the UK, abortion is available now, I say available, it's it's supposed to be for good medical reasons, but the truth is it's very easy to bend the rules substantially. And I would say abortion is pretty much available on demand in practice.
1: In your case, Louise, when, when this happened, what did you do next? First of all, how did you feel and where did you turn to?
0: So, yeah, I, I found out I was pregnant some weeks later, but I was in a bit of a state because I'd already... I'd got very low self-esteem from the rape and I, I really had issue with believing my own judgment. So, um, yeah, I was, I was in a bit of a situation where I, I was struggling to think straight and whatever thoughts I had, I sort of doubted my own thoughts. I was in a vulnerable state, shall I say. So I went, my friend just sort of took me by the hand and drove me to a doctor's and was like, and I thought, well, that's a sensible thing to do. You know, a doctor is a good place to start. And um, the doctor just said to me, well, when would you like me to book you in for the termination? It was as simple as that. Like, I would, that was the expectation.
1: So you weren't offered any alternatives?
0: No, no. I mean, I was I was really shocked by his response. And I was kind of like a bit offended as well. I'd only just found out I was pregnant half an hour before. And so I was like, I don't want to have a termination. Like, it really shocked me. And then he said, well, it would be better for you if you got it over with sooner rather than later. Like, when you're ready to do it, come back to me and I'll help you. Anyway, I thought, I'm not going back there. Um, I went away and I went... I found a number for a youth centre that had a counselling service. So I went there... And I I outlined what had happened to me, and she was so full of what I would call false compassion. She was very nice, she was kind, she was sweet and everything, but she was of a position of, I can sort this out for you, I can get a a doctor to come here and, and, and agree to an abortion. Like, I can take this away, essentially, and you can go on and get on with your life.
1: So you were given sort of the impression that this will allow you to just put things back together.
0: Well, yes and no. Like, I was hearing that. Internally, I was thinking, I don't think it's as simple as that. And I find it very difficult to believe that right. um, I'm going to be able to get over it. And I, I remember distinctly mentioning to a number of professionals, because I said to her, I don't want an abortion. So she got me another counsellor. And, and so I went through the process several times. And each time I said, I don't think I'll be able to live with myself. I'm really scared. If I have an abortion, it will be maybe ruin the rest of my life i don't think i will be able to cope with it and everybody who said anything said things like you know it's you'll be absolutely fine this is it's you know you'll you'll be able to to come to terms with it it won't be a problem lots of women do it and they're absolutely fine and um i was sort of made to feel like this was the mature and sensible thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes you have to make difficult decisions. You just need to kind of get on with it and be a grown-up. And because I felt so insecure anyway, I found it difficult to argue against that kind of pressure.
1: Was there ever any mention of adoption or keeping the baby? No.
0: No. Not whatsoever. That was, like, out of the question. Like, I, I didn't really see it was an option to... I couldn't even bring to mind any... uh, what you would do if you wanted a baby adopted. I had no idea of even the first step of that, and I thought, in terms of keeping the baby myself, I would have potentially have been homeless. My family were quite pro abortion and um, they would have been absolutely outraged by the situation of the conception. They would have... I I know they would have found it, it impossible, and so I wouldn't have been able to burden my family with that. And so I, I was a young 18-year-old without a job. I wasn't, hadn't even finished my uh, A-levels. And I was sort of in a situation where I was like, keeping the baby is impossible. Adoption didn't even, it wasn't even a thing. And abortion was the only thing that was discussed. And in it was discussed in such a positive way. Mm. And because I felt so insecure about my own self, I thought, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm being really silly and actually I do need to... Just get on with it and do the right thing. You know this is the mature thing to do, and um, yeah.
1: I and, yeah. and see. So you didn't feel um, you could you could discuss this with your family?
0: No, and I still haven't to this day. Wow. Um, anyway, you... it, it, this happened in two thousand and two, so um, it's, it's a long time ago, and I just I just don't think it's ever worth a conversation. You know, I've got other children now, and I don't want to. You know, so my mum, my for example, is a grandma and and I, want, I don't want to jeopardise that now. So I just don't think it's going to, it's just a battle that I know I'm not going to be able to win there. So I don't even go there even Gosh. now.
1: Louise, can you talk through, um, after having the abortion, how you felt after that and in the years following that?
0: Well, what happened was um, I had an abortion, even on the day of, of the abortion, I... Remember distinctly saying to a nurse, I don't think I want to do this um and she she just kind of was like, "Just go and get yourself together and come back it was It was just kind of very run of the mill I was treated like just one in one in queue, a bit like you know in a supermarket, you're just going through a checkout, and this is just you know I felt it was very inhumane practice. I'm not trying to suggest all the people involved with the with abortions are not humane. it's just I think it does damage you to some level, and it was it was a rough treatment, to say the least. I cried afterwards, and I found it very difficult to stop crying, and, and a nurse said to me, Oh, don't worry, it's perfectly normal to cry for a few days. You'll be fine in a few days. Um, but what happened to me was I, I went home, and I just did not stop crying, and I, I felt I had a terrible physical pain in my chest through just like the emotional trauma, the sense of loss and grief for the baby because no matter how many times people might say things like it's just a cluster of cells or um, whatever, on an instinctive level, I knew it was a baby. I mean, I was never shown an ultrasound or anything, but I knew we were talking about a baby and the grief for that baby was just unbearable. just it was just absolutely harrowing for what felt like years but it was yes rather I mean in the first the first couple of years was the worst um I drank a lot I tried to kill myself a number of times I just didn't want to wake up in the morning and I just prayed that God would just take it all away and just I could just die even if that you know hell wouldn't be as bad a place as where I was um That's kind of how I felt. Um, And then, and I also had issues seeing other pregnant women or babies. I just couldn't, I I felt, I'd get, like, feeling really anxious and and stressed and angry and jealous and bitter and just horrible emotions Mm -hmm. just tormented me. Several years later, I, I, like, I had a vague sort of relationship with God, I'll say, and I thought I was vaguely aware of God. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have a, I didn't like kind of follow a specific faith, if you like. But some years and years later, I did um, begin to pursue a a relationship with God. And it was really that that kind of brought me out of the darkness, I would say, in more, more than one way. But it made me feel like, you know, potentially forgiveness is available. And I need to, I need to accept that forgiveness in order to live and in order to process what's happened to me and be able to talk about it. Um, and there was a great sense of r- liberation in after speaking to um, a priest. I, I was like, you know, it's actually okay for me to say that what I did was wrong because mm. all the pro-abortion friends I'd got and the few people that knew, they were like you should be glad what happened to you you should be grateful like they've saved you from living a terrible life of having to bring up a child on your own and and so i felt like guilty for even thinking that I, this was actually horrific and it's tortured me for years like and i i've wanted to die because of it Um, i felt like that was uh i was i must be so ungrateful there was something wrong with me but then afterwards when i realized when the sort of curtains came up and saw things a bit clearer I thought you know what, it's okay to have made a terrible mistake and to say I'm dreadfully sorry and and accept that forgiveness is available that was a brilliant moment in the process of being able to start sharing my story.
1: Can you say a little bit about when you first decided to share your story and what it was like sharing your story for the first time
0: um well it sort of it kind of happened a little bit progressively really because um uh I got into a good place um from a a faith perspective, and um I'd got married and uh I think I would had one of my children by then, and so I was in like a re- I was in a good place, and then I spoke to um somebody who was doing some research. Because for many years I thought I was the only person that had ever suffered from a brush, and like I must be really super sensitive. And and then I found out that actually lots of women suffer terribly. Hmm. So I did a bit of um, I helped this woman do some university research, and then after that somebody asked me, uh, who had heard that I'd done it, um, if I would go and speak for a forty days for life opening campaign. And um, so I. I went, and that was the first time I kind of said it end to end in front of a large group. It was it was like a car crash from start to end. It was extremely difficult, yeah. and everybody in the audience were kind of crying, and I was crying, and we were all just like, "Oh gosh, this is just, <laughs> it's just really difficult." But afterwards, um, the point that I wanted to make was that you know when people pray outside abortion clinics, people will turn round, and I do believe if somebody had been there, I would have turned round. Um, and I wanted to, you know, tell other people, like, I pray outside abortion clinics because I can't wait for that person to come to me and say that how, how, what, they've got a desperate situation and that I'll be able to help them.
1: Have you talked to other women who have had similar experiences to yourself?
0: Well, this is the thing. Like, I don't think many women... Um, want to want to talk about it, like I have heard um a number of conferences some some women who were post abortive who have stood up and and said how things felt, and it's really resonated with me and um, but you know the the thing that confirms it the most is um just a few days ago, I was listening to a conference, and there was a doctor there who had done extensive research there is loads and loads of papers. Um, covering like thousands of women's experiences and they, they do pretty much all say the same thing, that abortion does lead to significant emotional trauma, depression and anxiety and increased risk of suicide. That fact is silenced and that is really difficult for me because women then who feel the way I felt feel an obligation as I did to try and be positive about their experience. And they kind of get twisted by their expectations of how they should feel rather than actually saying how they do feel.
1: How do you feel about rape being used as a reason for allowing the availability of abortion here in Ireland?
0: Uh, That makes me really angry because at the end of the day, however a baby is conceived, we know that the baby is a baby. And women who have suffered rape are traumatised and they deserve... Uh, I think in a civilized society, uh, somebody, people, group people around them to look after them and protect them, and and support them and counsel them and try and be there for them in the healing process. We know for sure that abortion is uh, a major risk factor in depression, anxiety, and increased risk of suicide. So why would somebody who has been traumatised be made to feel better by another trauma? It's just not logical. And, and, and women who have been raped and c- kept their babies, um, and there's lots of those cases, they obviously love those children, and those children are a real healing source of light in their life, and they're so glad. You know, they're not glad they were raped, but they're glad that they got the child at the end of it.
1: Can I ask you just, the, the person who raped you, you know was there any sense of um not wanting to have a baby because that would be that man's baby
0: um yeah there w- there was a sense of that because um okay so i'll put it like this this person this had been an ex-boyfriend of mine and he had been abusive to me for months And he'd sort of ground me down, if you know what I mean. And and I hated him. I I really had issue. Like, I I actually feel sorry for him now. But at the time, I really hated him. And I felt he took away all my liberty and my, you know, the control I had over my body had just been totally removed by him. And I really resented that massively. I didn't want him in my life. I wanted him to be as far away from me as possible. I never wanted to see him again. But when I found out I was pregnant and the, what I did allow myself to have one day where I pretended that I wasn't going to have an abortion. This probably sounds really twisted, but I'd, because I didn't want an abortion and I was, I was in such a crazy mental state, I just thought, I'm just for one day, I'm just going to pretend like this is all going to be all right. And I remember th- I, re- I bonded with that baby and I thought, you yeah, know, this is my baby. It's not his baby. Like, it's not a carbon copy of him. It's growing inside me. And this is more me than him because at the moment, because he doesn't really have much to do with it right now. This is my baby. And uh, and I felt, I did feel a sense of love for that baby, which is probably why I found it so excruciating going doing what I did. Uh, yeah, I, di- I didn't want anything to do with him, but it- I still wanted the baby. They're two separate individuals, the rapist and the child, and I think I, I was quite clear on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Have you been able to forgive him?
0: <sighs> it's difficult to forgive somebody who doesn't want to be forgiven, who doesn't think they've done anything wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I've i come to it. A situation now where i think i feel very sorry for him he degraded himself in treating me like that and uh and i know that he has gone on to do it to other women and um and i think he must be living such a terribly unsatisfied life and that is really sad and i would like better for him hmm. i'll put it like that
1: just maybe to finish it just say how are you doing now louise
0: well, I have been gifted with um a relationship with God, which I have to say I felt like Jesus picked me up out of the gates of hell and plunked me in a very loving community and um and all you know i'm I'm in a good place because I will never be okay with the with the loss of that child i will I will miss that child forevermore but um I'm glad now I don't have to deny uh, the child's existence, Um, and I'm glad that I can do my bit to try and help other women, and I'm I'm married, I have a a really fabulous husband, I have fabulous children, and... um, and I just, I'm just, i just on a mission for the rest of my life, I think, to try and help and try and make people be aware of the damage abortion does. And actually having children is not a bad thing. Babies are not actually scary and something to get rid of. Like Babies are great and they do fill you with uh, good things. And my children have been a great source of comfort to me.
1: Louise, it's been a real blessing to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and uh, for our listeners on Spirit Radio.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie